You're tuned in to the NWSL Rewinds, presented by Modern Soccer Coach. That's what you call USA razzle-dazzle. Now your host, Clifton Bush. And welcome to the NWSL Rewind, brought to you by Modern Soccer Coach Education. We are back. We are ready to go. And we are into the final, final stretch, last seven or eight games for each team. And so Sierra and I, hello, Sierra. Hello. We are going to talk to everybody out there about uh, what we think is going to happen in the playoff picture. Everybody's talking about this playoff race heating up, uh, whether there are six teams for three spots or five teams for three spots or four (laughs) teams for three spots. Uh, It just depends on who you talk to. Uh, Everybody knows North Carolina is in mathematically. So I think uh, we'll discuss whether or not we think – you know how many people we think are still uh, eligible for this thing, and we'll we'll kind of go team by team and have a conversation, uh, and you'll get to see Sierra's opinion, and we may oh, just Lord. may have a uh, a bit of a special hello intro in here with us as well. So uh, stick around for that. But yeah, for sure. I mean, let's let's get the the easy out of the way. All right. So North Carolina yeah. has clinched easy, a easy. spot. Uh, and are now only maybe one result, I think, away from clinching actually the league table title as well. Right. Um, and we've talked a fair bit about North Carolina on this show, and everybody out there knows that Sierra is a massive North Carolina Courage fan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll turn it over to you, Sierra, to uh, talk about what the Courage did to get themselves in this position. Well, I, I mean, I think that we have, you know, if you look at the weeks that they've been playing, they've been just absolutely dominating teams and score-wise have been dominating teams. I mean, if you look at results, you've got they beat North Carolina or Chicago 4-1. And then you look at, you know, this week even, they beat Washington 2-0. And I don't think that's a blowout, but it's still a good score. And then they beat New Jersey 4-0. So they, they're winning – games by a significant number of goals and so you know I think we talked about the worry was will they fall off what is it going to look like you know game by game and what it you know want to continue this in playoffs so I think they've solidly come out and shown that they're in the number one spot right now yeah I think it's a situation where now it's coming down to just health, right? Like at the end of the day is, can you stay healthy? Can you be informed? Can you keep people just to fine tune the last little bit so that you don't get a repeat of next year where you find yourself in a final against a team that's maybe been able to prepare for your style of play better than you were able to prepare for theirs. So, I mean, it's a right. situation where I think everybody's going to prepare for North Carolina now. But yep. North Carolina has to prep for four, five, or six different teams at this point. Right, so right. Who are they going to prepare themselves to be able to beat come playoff time? Right. Uh, I don't – I mean, they've only lost one game to Utah at this point. Right. I mean, how would you play the last – so you clinched the title. How would you play the last six, seven games? I mean, I think they got. I think they have to be smart, and this is where you know we talk about coaching, and you know every coach is different. Um, but I think I may, you know, 
obviously every coach and every player wants to win from here on out, no matter what, even if you've clenched the title, you're competitive and that's what you want to do. But I think it's, you're right of asking the question. You have to be smart. Do you play your starting, you know, 11, the first, whatever, until you get a goal or, you know, first half, 45 minutes, 20, you know, I mean, what do you do? And then take them out and rest them and keep them fresh legs. I mean, I probably, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to obviously go for the results, but in the same breath, keeping my players fresh. I mean, do we need to play Williams 90 minutes? Probably not. Probably not. Do you know, Hinkle's out, I think right now with an injury, can we get her back? You know, can we, O'Reilly was playing, but do we have to kill her in 90 minutes every game? Can we ease that back in? I think it's just that being smart of, how we're going to play everybody, and, you know, do we need to play done 90 minutes? Do we need to play Dabinia nine minutes? I don't think we need to kill the starters. I think you give them a decent chunk of change because you need to keep their fitness level high, but at the same breath, it's like how fresh can we keep their legs? Yeah. I think the more, every time you go out, I, for me, you've, you're rolling the dice a little bit. Yep. Does the house of cards come down? I think, your key players, obviously, are going to be Crystal Dunn, one. Right. Uh, Paul Riley has said multiple times McCall Zabroni is his yep. key, key dynamic player. Absolutely. Um, the chances that she gets kicked or hurt are probably pretty small. She's just so crafty. It's hard to catch her yeah. to even do anything like that. But Crystal Dunn yeah. does put herself in positions <laughs> with how hard she plays. That right. she is just there to – she puts herself out there so much that you might worry that something – maybe goes at the wrong time. Um, but Darian Jenkins hasn't played as much as I thought she might play given the results that they've had. And so that's another option of a player who's quite frankly, very, very capable, but hasn't maybe entered the number of minutes that you would think for such a team that's flying so high. Um, right. So clearly it looks to me like, Paul Riley has decided to just go with his squad. So right. this is this is my team. Uh, you know, you add Heather O'Reilly to that, and now she's right. jumped straight into starting and playing minutes. She'll be ready to go, and now it seems like you've got your 11. But, I, I mean, it's a lesson in trying to figure out as a coach what you would do. And I think coaches out there take a look, you know, yeah, yeah, what he does for the remaining seven games, and it's important to kind of check that. Uh, as we as we move forward, but for me, I mean, I would definitely take a lesson out of it. But right now, mentally, I would say, can you, you know, Darian Jenkins, a few of the other, you know, substitutes that maybe haven't gotten as much play. Sam Mewis is is one too. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. she hasn't, you know, she's coming back from injury, but right. by for all intents and purposes, she's fresh. So, right. <laughs> you know, and she's not getting very many starting minutes. So. Right. Can you take, especially with the international break for some of those players, there's going to be a lot of players mm -hmm. who are going from North Carolina for these international matches. And Paul Riley has been very, very vocal about taking those non-allocated players uh, right. in, outside the window for as long as they're being taken. And so now you've got your Zabronis and uh, uh, Mathis. And like you know, you've got all these players who are going to go who are now non-allocated like that's going to put a grind on those players. We all know international breaks tend to put a little bit of heft on, on right. physically, you know, right. it's, it's, it's a hard environment to play in. And right. so 
can some of those other more less experienced players, but quite good players that have shown really well, um, slash your Sam Muses, <laughs> who just right. haven't been able to break back in, can they get a little bit more time? I mean, that right. would kind of be my my thought process. Yeah, well, I think, and I mean, the thing too we have to think about is if someone gets hurt that is a starter and you've been going with your 11, and I think this is going to be the key for North Carolina is you've been going with your 11, you've been going with your 11, you've been going with your 11. If if the Crystal Duns of the world get injured, if a Williams gets injured again, if Zabroni gets hurt, if Dabinia gets hurt, who are you putting in? And if you're not, you know, this is the time right now where they can put in bench players and give a minute so that if that happens, if somebody runs out of gas, if something like that happens further down the line, they have that person that's been stepping into that role. And it's not just like, Hey, go and play. By the way, you haven't played really the most, most of the season. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. It, like that's hopefully, you know, knock on wood, but you, you right. don't want to have to need them in a semifinal you right. know, versus, you know, Portland or you know that's Seattle. Right. That's a that's a tough that's those are tough matches. Right. Uh we'll stick with the easy. It will maybe they're mathematically still in it, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody's thinking that um Washington is going to be able to make it back right. to playoff realm. Uh, yeah. I mean, and my biggest thing I think is is just I think we've said this from the beginning, it's just a really young team. Yep. That was compounded by losing Mal Pugh. Yep. Um, and that's at this that point, I think she's, you know, maybe two or three weeks from being back, and that leaves two or three weeks for the season. So, like, how much is, is she going to actually play right. Right. Uh, remains to be seen. But it's it's been a long year for a very young <laughs> team uh, that may – hopefully they've learned enough to get themselves – with one or two draft picks next year yeah. um, to a place where they can expound on, on a jumping off point. Cause it seems like Ashley Hatch is just kind of, she just has needed an extra body to help her up top. Yeah. Uh, the defense has struggled a little bit to have a bit of cohesion. Quinn has been in and out of different positions. And right. So uh, from the Washington right. spirit standpoint, uh, it's, it would take a lot to happen. For them to make the right. playoffs, I think nobody is really counting them in. And as well, right. Sky Blue, not yet mathematically eliminated, but <laughs> they're um, gonna have to go on a massive run. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point they'd have to win everything and have everybody Every else game. lose everything. Yeah. Um. So I mean, with Sky Blue, you know, they've obviously taken their licks, and we've heard all the stuff in the press about you know what's going right. on and Sam Kerr's comments and all that kind of stuff. But right. for for them. You know, how do you pick yourself up for the like? How do you play out the rest of your nine games, knowing that you, right, that you've struggled all well, this I time? Well, I think I think it's a. These are two teams that are so polar opposite in the sense of yes, they're both in the bottom. However, I feel like they're just totally in different directions. You've got Washington, who, of course, they're frustrated and they want to be doing better and stuff. But I think this is a team that's thinking, how can we build and where can we go next year? And I think they're thinking about, okay, we've lost a piece here. We've lost a piece here. We haven't had every piece together. What can we do? Can we, can we draft somebody that can maybe be that missing piece? Can we get, you know, after these kids have played together for a while, can they mature into a better team, an older team, even though it's a year, next year? Yeah. How can they build that? And I think they're looking more towards the future. Like, 
how do you play those last nine games? Well, you play them like, all right, what can we tweak? How can we, what works best for the next year? And I think that's where they're kind of going. I think, you know, and too, I think, you know, you're competitive. It's like, who can we take points off of? Like no one, we have nothing to lose. Yeah. Who can we take points off of? And I think, you know, the, the thing with New Jersey, in my opinion, is, is that I think there's a lot going on over there. And it's a little different in the sense that, not that they don't because they're a new team, but, like, they do have some vets on that team. They do have good, solid players, and they're not getting the results. And they're – it's almost like you kind of wonder, like, what's happening there that's causing the results that they're getting. And I think, you know, the difference between them and Washington is Washington's a young team, and they're they're looking to build forward. And with Sky Blue, it's like, what are they – I think you're right – What? what are they, how do you play those nine games? What is it that they're, what's the driving force for them? Yeah. I mean, you, you have, I mean, Shea Groom, Becky, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Carly Lloyd. Right. This is Raquel Rodriguez's second season. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, Gibson, you, you, you have players that have some time under their belt. Obviously you do have young players, you know, right, of course. McCaskill's, uh, your Dorsey's, you know, you have some some young players, but I, I think you're spot on in that this is it is a different makeup of a team right. where I think you're you would have expected maybe a bit more spark. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like I'm looking at the table now and they've from week one to week 17, which we're entering now. Right. Um, or coming out of. Sorry. They've been in ninth. Um and so when you look at their faces at the end of matches, do you see a team that has more fight in them? Um, and that's, right. I mean, that's all for me. That's, you know, you just want to see the fight, you know, it's like every right. week is like, right. we, right. and that's, that's for me, that's what I would, would be pulling for, for them is like, right. it's just battle time. You know, <laughs> it's like, it, right. it, it's not necessarily planning for next year. It is. Right this year not you know being that record breaking negative record breaking team or right. you know just playing for pride and professionalism and trying to you know be what you've kind of set out to do and so right those are you know somebody's going to struggle i didn't right. i doubt that they thought they would struggle quite this bad but right you know it's as far as a playoff picture, obviously, I mean that's a disappointing situation. But hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully for the their remainder, like I said, I think they have maybe nine games left. They have more right. games than anybody as well. So hopefully right. that that means that there's a point of emphasis for them to make those games count. You still have a third of your season, really, when everybody right. else is sitting on six games, seven games left. So. Right. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, like I said, I think that, you know, I think you're right with the fight. I think that, you know, can they, I think that's the difference between Washington and them right now is that you see it every game. They're in a game. Every time Washington is in their games, like they are, even though it's two zero or two one or whatever it is, they're in the game. And, you know, I mean, for New Jersey and obviously like we've been talking about is, I mean, they lost to North Carolina and not that they're the only team that has, but, Four zero. I mean, they're they're just not. I mean, they hung in with Portland, so like you give them credit for that. But then they lost to Utah three one. I mean, they're just giving. It's almost like you know they they're picking and choosing which games 
to fight in. And, and I think it's an inconsistency of, and I think that's what you're talking about is there's just that inconsistency of like, where's that fight consistent all the time. And I think with Washington, at least you see it, you see they're in games They're you know, they almost pick off people. They're almost doing these things here and there. And like Houston, we talked about earlier and we'll get to them obviously later, but it's like Houston even is one that you thought they were out of, you know, we think they're out of it and they just got to fight and I just don't know if New Jersey yeah. that spark. Yeah, I, that's that's gonna be the. I mean, it's it's a bit cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. I think um, <laughs> so. That's that's the at the end of the day, the the tough part for for them to get themselves going. Um, but we can use that segue to to ask the the important questions of the day. So. There are three <laughs> spots left. Three spots left. And so what I want to know from you is, do you think, how many people oh, are in this? Lord how have many mercy. people can conceive, so Seattle, Orlando, Chicago, Portland, Utah, and Houston. Do you think that there are, those six teams are still up for grabs? Is it five teams? Is it four teams? Do you think uh. it's locked? Where, where, where does Sierra... <laughs> see this happening i don't know i don't know honestly i would have told you houston was out a long time ago but they're picking off people and i think they're surprising people and that's that fight we were talking about i think i would be shocked if seattle was out of it um i think seattle is solid um and they're just a solid team i would say chicago is not an upswing and we talked about it i think last time and i said chicago would be in it um, I think they stay in it if they can continue the momentum. Um, the question marks will be for me are Orlando's inconsistent, Portland's inconsistent, Utah's inconsistent, and Houston's inconsistent. So it's like, Ooh. which one? I think they are because you got to look at. I mean, if you look at yeah. if you look at their results, I mean, you've got Orlando lost to Houston three one, and then they lost to. I mean, it's just like how do you? And then they lost to them again two one like. You're not picking, and then they pick up a, and then they lost to North Carolina three zero. So it's like what, like there's no consistency in like your results. And then you've got, I mean, Utah's in the same boat. Um, I mean, they get a good, I think, tie from Seattle um, way back when. And then you know, it's just I think there's too much inconsistency. And so it's like, you know, who I think it's going to be all about just who can get consistent in the next or nine games, who's going to be able to continue to keep on. And I think from what we've been seeing, Chicago has been able to do that. And I think they've, they've been able to show us a little upswing of a little bit of consistency, winning their games, playing the way they're supposed to be playing. And I think the other teams, it's a little bit, I mean, Houston, you never know. And we've talked about this. You never know what you're going to get in Houston. And they've done a good job of picking people off and good teams. It's not like they're picking off the bottom teams. They're picking off the Orlando's. I mean, they're challenging teams like that in games. The the Windy City will be happy to hear that you've uh, <laughs> jumped up on their up on their side because uh, it hasn't always been the case from Sierra. I know I'm hard on them. <laughs> hard on yeah, hard on Chicago. Hard on Chicago. Uh, I so and I, I want to do a real quick before we get too far into this and introduce. So we've got a a, a special guest who's joining us to talk about and hash out these uh, these tough, tough questions that we're talking <laughs> about today. 
Lindsey Vera, who is now the head coach at UNC Asheville, uh, drafted in the seventh round of the WPS uh, for the Boston Breakers. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. yeah? So we've we've had a few breakers on the show. We have had <laughs> we've, a few breakers. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Here at the NWSL Rewind, we give we're giving love to the Boston Breakers, hoping they come back into the fold. Uh, so Lindsay, say hello. How you doing? Hello, good, great. Hi, Sierra. Hello. Joining <laughs> the show. So Lindsay's gonna kind of, you know, she'll she'll chime in and give us her thoughts, uh, you know, what it's what it's like in that environment, and you know how you push and how you prod, and maybe make these fights towards uh, playoff positions, and what it feels like maybe to not be on the good end, and sometimes mm -hmm. what it's like on on the on the positive side. So she'll kind of jump in as we go here, but we're, we're happy to have Lindsay kind of giving us her, her thoughts of having been there before. So yeah. thank yeah. you so much for, for joining us. Yeah. So that, that's, it's a, it's a great synopsis. And I, and I kind of threw you under the bus there a little bit, Sierra, but uh, I know, I know. As, as always, as always, you eloquently <laughs> navigated the situation. So I, I will say, Seattle, Orlando. So of those six, yep. Um, Chicago has the hardest road. So yes, they do. when I look at it, I, you know, I think nobody would be surprised. I, I'm such a mathematical kind of a person. When I look at the math, it does not favor Chicago. Nope. Uh, and that for me is the hard one is yep. that between Portland and Chicago, where I kind of my gut would tell me that's it's one or the other. Right. Portland has a much easier road um, yep. with more games against teams below them than Chicago has. And right. it's, but I would say this, that game versus Seattle is massive for Chicago. Yes, yes, Had they yes, lost yes. or tied that game, I think this mathematically becomes way in Portland's favor. Yep. Um, and so they're keeping trend. So for me, Utah and Houston quickly, Houston, I think, had they started this run four earlier. games earlier, yep. I think we're talking about Houston making the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I, I, I really do. I think that they surge well enough to make the playoffs. And they actually have a pretty easy run as well. Right. Um, and so, but I think it's just too late. Uh, the gap yep. might be just too much and they don't have enough mm -hmm. games in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, Utah, I still thought Utah had a, had a shot. I think losing three in a row. Here's my thing with Utah. And and maybe Lindsay can chime in as, as well. Maybe she'll validate my point. I don't I'll know. Try. We'll see. I hope I can. Um, <laughs> but I think if you're going to be a playoff team, you have to gain some level of confidence yep. versus those teams in the league. Mm -hmm. yep. And they've yet to beat a team <laughs> that's been in one through four. Yeah. So oh, how do you... Oh, excuse me. Yes, sorry. They did beat North Carolina. Excuse Carolina. me. With the exception of North Carolina, <laughs> who's the only loss, which is crazy, right? It like, right, right. But they they haven't beat Seattle. They haven't beat Orlando. They haven't beat Chicago. Right. So, how do you gain confidence to make a right. final push over the last seven games when you can't look each other in the face and say, "Hey, ladies, we can do it today." Yeah, like, you've been saying that probably. You've been trying yeah. to say that. Right, right, right. And, and so yeah, I mean, so that's that's the hard part, I think, for Utah. It's like mm -hmm. if if you've been in that room week in and week out, going, "Hey, we've got it, we've got it. Today's the day," to, and it's never that day. 
the day never comes. <laughs> so what do you, do you think is, we've talked about video stuff earlier today. So what do you think? Is it showing video of them doing well to motivate them visually? Or is it only mental? Or is it something in training? Like, what do you think? What do you guys think? Because <laughs> you, you have to pull from every area. And I'm sure they've tried, like, at least a few different ways. Yeah. And so the adage is, right, like, so the the insane thing to do is to do the same thing over yeah, and exactly. over and expect That's a different result, insanity. right? Yeah. Insane. Like, so, I mean, like, so you may have, might have to change something, but I think professional athletes are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you break their habit, are they going to get worse before they get better? Are they going to be too And you don't have time yeah. to get worse right yes. now. Right. So for right. me, I think it's probably consistency more than it is Changing. adjusting the ch to okay. change. I think the routine needs to settle in and quite frankly, I mean, I think Utah's waiting for a lucky break. I mean, which is hard because everybody's waiting. There's Everyone's so waiting. many teams. And so Lindsay was in the WPS, which is a different level. Like it's a different league, right? Like, so there's more teams. Right. Now. It wasn't as compact and as competitive, I think. I think mm -hmm. now with only nine teams, hard to say, like, everybody's yeah. fighting for a spot. It's hard. Right. Right. So I don't think I think Utah's that like you're not going to get that confidence builder. Like so now you'd say, well, play sky blue and maybe you get a confidence boost. But, but then if your much? next three yeah, games are Orlando, much? Seattle, right. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. confidence yeah. goes away. Good quickly. Luck. <laughs> That's true. Consistency, right. continuing to stay the course. And I think they probably have the best coach in the country to do that <laughs> is Laura Harvey to like if you have somebody who's just going to like we're going to truck you. along and mm -hmm. just yeah. go, 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 break down the wall. I think Laura Harvey is probably the best in the league at, at being able to manage that. So, I mean, I think they've got the right position. I just I just don't know about a team making a playoffs who's never beaten teams that are competing for playoffs. I just think yeah. it's mathematically for me that's, that's tough to see. And I, I think those other teams have built confidence on beating Utah as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's out of the realm, but, you know, things haven't gone their way. Um, so it might be more out of the realm than in it if it's not yeah. an immediate change all of a sudden, or like you said, yeah. if it's not an immediate like big break that they get, and yeah. it have to be a big break considering the schedule, right? So, yes, yeah. and I I think that big break for them was was this game versus <laughs> Orlando, right? I mean, like I think, I think yeah. yeah, for me, like that was that was it, that was the yeah. one, and they were up a goal. You could see the elation. Yep. with the players and then you could see how far emotionally they dropped if you take a look at you know post game comments from Desiree Scott or Laura Harvey I, th I think you can see kind of you know how emotionally draining that loss was for them yeah so it's a I mean and that's a that's a hard hard thing well and I think you have the debate too like of course I think my thing with Utah is and I like them as a team and I like Laura Harvey as a coach and I think they're they can't, next year will be interesting how it turns out. Um, but I think a lot of times for them, I feel like, and I'm going to probably get like just chewed out for it, but <laughs> I feel like this is a very, a lot of, a lot of times when they lose, it's very excuse driven all the time. Like the Utah game against Orlando, it was the not a right PK call. And in my opinion, I think, you can't wrap somebody up. And if it happened to your team on the flip side, you know you'd be asking the same call. It was a call. <laughs> it was – I mean, it was a call. It was, right it, was call. it was. It was the right call. And I think you. it's hard. And I get the emotional. I get that's the way you lose the game. I understand all that. I get it. And the momentum swings after that all happens. But I think 
you have to, that's not, I mean, yes, it was a game changing moment, but like, why did we even get in that position in the first place? Like, why are you wrapping up? You, I mean, like, come on. Like, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> I get it. And, I, and the refing has, we've talked about it. The refing has yeah. been not great not, at yeah. all in the NWSL. But in that moment, in that one time, it was a good call. It was right in front of the ref, too. It was right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. 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 yeah, he had a very yeah, clear look at right it. I, I, so... I, I would argue this, and, and I, I tend to lean on the solve for a lot of these things is tactical, that there right. is a tactical, technical solve for, and right. it's not that the, what I, the, I think it doesn't, you, it has to be said, I think what, what you're looking at is the three games that they've lost here, what's the difference from before that to now? Right. right. Like, and the biggest difference is, Added Kristen Press. Yep. Absolutely. How many games have they won since they added Press? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say like Press is obviously a dynamite, dynamic player, but right. she changes how you play. Yeah. Right. And we talked about that consistency for a little bit here. I think and chemistry. Sh- it's it's that is consistency. Consistent chemistry. It's going to be different than in the middle of a season or something. Mid-season trade with such a big personality. So you drop a massive personality into a team that had been consistently playing one way, and now things have changed. You're bound to have... Some problems. Yes. And so with that comes these kind of, you know, this bit of a results lull. Now, can they use Kristen Press to their advantage and spur the rest of these games right right like that's like she's gonna have to come alive she's gonna have to score goals she's gonna have to be impart her personality on this team right and maybe the team has to adjust to Kristen press as opposed to Kristen press adjusting to the team Mm -hmm. and that whether or not that's doable yeah i don't know if that's in the cards uh, you know like that's that's gonna be up to laura harvey and you know like how they want to play that but that's that's how that's what you look at, I think, is Kristen Press is the difference yep. in between those situations. And so it's unfortunate. It's a great pickup, but it might be a great pickup for next year when right. they have a preseason. Start from the and beginning. some time to, mm-hmm. to make the team cohesive. Well, and you had, I mean, you've got Houston who did a trade and Huerta's on their team and they haven't even skipped a beat and have done well. And so I think it's just what we talked about is like, you don't know how these trades are like all this trade stuff sounds like a great idea mid season. And some people Houston's done well, where it has been good with Houston. So it was a good move, but I think you're right. Is like, how does press affect it? Yes. She's a great player and everything like that. But when you, I mean, they've been counting on Amy Rodriguez since she's been back and all of a sudden you add a different star in there. How do you, how does that work? They haven't played with her like that. And so it's, I think that's that adjustment of like, what are they going to do now? And how is that going to continue to shake out the rest of the season? It's they, they, they're that team that has, doesn't have the, you know, I'm going to pivot to Orlando because I feel like Utah and Orlando are kind of, so one team with tons of stars sort of, you know, players right. that you have to manage all the personalities when you're talking, yeah. I mean, like when you're talking about a Sid LaRue and you're talking about an Alex Morgan and a Marta, like yeah. you're, you're like, that's a lot for tons of money to manage. Right. So you can kind of see how the up and downs would go because right. it's very 
different styles with different players and what he's mm-hmm. done to to keep everybody maybe trucking along on the same train. Mm-hmm. Some people start for some games. Some people don't. I mean, like when Marta's coming off the bench for three games, you're yeah, going, what? man, what are you, what's happening here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but maybe like even to the, like Rachel Hill, how, like how well has Rachel Hill played yeah. for Orlando? Like, so right. it's it's been a much better system right. that I think has been managed with their players but Tom's had everybody all year. And so maybe there's been time to have those conversations. And I think that's part of like, part of being a professional player is that like that relationship with your coach, right? Like and knowing like, and accepting your role on the team. So if you've gotten a role on your team, everyone has a role, everyone fits, not everyone can be the superstar. Some people are like the utility players, whatever. But then you add some players in and everyone else to change the role they've been working on all season to accept. Because some players aren't, let's be honest, some players don't accept the role they're in. Like if they're not the flashy player, (laughs) they still try to be the flashy player and you're just going, that's not your strength. Like your strength is receive the ball and get rid of it or whatever. But that does change it. But like you guys have been probably saying too, it changes with the coach's instruction though as well. Like, you know, like they might have, someone could have been saying one thing where a new coach could have said something different and maybe that mid-season change would have worked. But you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I mean, Chicago is a prime example. Because yep. Chicago basically is addition by subtraction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> so, so three players go out, and you add Morgan Bryan. Yep. And like, I mean, most people would say, well, if you had the rights to Kristen Press, you have Sofia Huerta, Taylor Camo. Like, getting rid of those three players wouldn't exactly be like the thing to do, but they've actually gotten tighter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Like, benefited somehow. Yeah, they've benefited because now maybe the message isn't yep. filtered through players who, you know, have a different idea of their role. Right, right. And those roles, you know, clearly Sophia Huerta's role in Houston yep. is something that she, you know, maybe feels better about. Right. Um, which is making her play for a team that's maybe she's expressing herself a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Where she couldn't at Chicago. Well, yep. that lack of expression in Chicago it doesn't do Chicago any good either. Right, right, right? So right. It's, it's, it's one of right. those situations. Like, I would have thought, my goodness, you get rid of, like, a national team player. Why on earth would you do that? But it seems to have been a very, very them. good call, yeah. which is something for, you know, all the coaches out there to be thinking about as well. It's like sometimes it's about making sure that players are happy in the environments. Right. As quickly whether, as possible. Yeah, as yeah. So whether that's your environment or someone else's, it's, mm-hmm. it might be better for your team, uh, especially at this, you know, at, at the professional level. And so, right. I mean, Chicago, Orlando, I, without trying to upset too many people, because I feel like I feel like I've been harsh on Houston. And then, so the last time I said Houston was maybe done for, they went on like a four game run, like a four yep. game run. It was like they bad. probably want you to talk about. So it. yeah, <laughs> so I. You know, I, I I truly think that this is probably down to five. Like, I, I think Seattle, Orlando, Chicago, Portland. Um, I think maybe Utah had a number of games in hand that they just don't have anymore. And so, like, I think they had to use those games in hand to make up points that they didn't. Yeah. So I think they're probably like Houston a bit of a bad run behind. They're one bad run behind having been in contention, which at the end of the day, for me, I think it's down to Chicago or Portland, which for me, like I said, mathematically, Portland has a better, much easier run than Chicago. So Chicago is going to have to, 
Like if Chicago makes the playoffs, I think they are a contender for the title to even beat North Carolina just because like that's a hard road to run through to make the playoffs. That's a tough sell. And I think they will be much more battle tested than a Portland team that makes it in or an Orlando team that makes it in because their runs are just easier. So for me, at the end of the day, I think it's harder for Chicago to get in. But if they do, man, maybe it's easier after that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like you've, you've done so well might get you, you know, in preparation for it. Yeah. So, and the last thing I'll say, Sierra, is the the one four matchup, like our team's going to start playing for second or third to try mm. to avoid North Carolina in the <laughs> one four matchup. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I would say yes, but it's been so like all over the place this entire season. Like, I feel like people have just been so up and down with their consistency level. But I think, I think if you're smart, yeah, you, I think you try to avoid playing North Carolina because I don't think, I think the only team, even though Utah beat them, the only team that has done really well against North Carolina is Chicago because that was the game they matched up. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were going to do. They had a plan the first time they played them and it was, they matched up very well. And I think, the problem is, is that all the other games that we've seen, I don't think, I mean, like I said, I know Utah beat them, but I don't think people have matched up well with them. So yeah. I think if you know that going into it, you want to play them in the finals. You don't want to <laughs> play them before that. You want to play them in the championship game. And I think that is more realistic for a lot of this team. Not to say that none of, I mean, any of these teams could beat North Carolina. The problem is, is none of them have proved it up until this point. And I think... You've got such a significant gap, and you know North Carolina is just on a terror right now with scoring goals. I mean, Dunn, Williams, Davinia, they've all scored. I mean, they're just scoring goals like crazy. So it's like you don't want to catch them on their high. You want to catch them in that championship game, and hopefully that semifinal game prior to that was difficult, and now you've got them where you can potentially match up, look at some some film, whatever it is, and then – Gets going in the finals. We'll call that the uh, Portland Thorns model. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll call that the Mark Parsons. Um, yeah, exactly, right? How well can you beat up on a team for one exactly. game in order to win the game? <laughs> um, I mean, and that's personnel-wise, it's still – it's inter- like Lindsey Horan has been on a massive – like right? anybody stopping Lindsey Horan at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, Lindsey Horan and Sam Kerr just bagging goals – yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like they're going out of style, but yeah. I think you've at this point. I mean, like as a player, are you, are you concentrating on like, hey, we need to try and get second or third, or do you just not care and you're like, just get me into the playoffs and like, let's figure this thing out? I'm sure there's a little bit of both, to be honest. But yeah. ultimately, who's gonna decide? The coach, or I don't know. How do, how do you do that? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 trying to control uncontrollables, right, really, right? right? Like, I mean, I could tell you, I, I agree with everything you say, but then in my head, I'm like, no, nah, I don't care, or whatever. Yeah. You know? So right. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come out one way or another. Yeah, I mean, like right. you got to get in in order to make in order to get right. the game right. So I mean, at some point, there are teams who've got to be trying. You can probably try and overcook this yeah. scenario. Yeah. You know. Then you overcook yourself right on out of a playoff spot. <laughs> I was going to say, com- continuing that now, like, if you – I mean, and the thing is, it's hard is, like, they're going to have to – they can't think about that until literally, like, probably the last game, the way things are shaking out right now. Because if you don't, you're like, ah, oh, we're just going to 
we're not going to worry about this game. It's like someone like Houston is going to go win four games and you're mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> we're not in playoffs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they all get on the same page or something. All exactly. Yeah. Right. Telling yeah. you. Uh, I, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be a, you know, we're coming up on one more week and then international break. Uh, and then we are on the final skid towards the end of the year uh, yeah. where a lot of this is going to be hashed out for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's North Carolina it has obviously mathematically, like we said, has already clinched a playoff spot, likely to clinch a title here in the next one or two games and then the rest fighting for their playoff lives in what is <laughs> bound to be a very, very exciting yeah. rest of the season for the NWSL. We keep saying that every week. I, I mean, I honestly, I thought at the beginning of the year, like it was going to be a situation where like you figure out who the top one through four are. Yep. And then we'd be sitting here going five through nine or, you know, <laughs> They're out. how many of our points behind. And we're just right. trying to see who's going to play who. Yep. And, and that has not happened. Um, no. That has not been the case. So That's awesome. stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, like for all the rest of us. It's a great right? problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, for, for the watchers <laughs> of the league, I yeah. mean, like, that's, that's a great problem to have. It's probably yeah. giving some coaches some indigestion, I would say. But um, for all the rest of <laughs> us who get to sit out here and, uh, and watch and enjoy, uh, yeah. definitely do so. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for, for joining us and giving us your two cents. Yeah, Sierra will will be back next week. Yeah. Uh, see uh, what next week's matches bring for us. A quick rundown: Friday, July twentieth, North Carolina goes to Utah. Um, that's a hard game to try to get redemption on yeah. for Utah. <laughs> that's, that's a difficult one, but I'm sure that, you know every week they're going to try and end this this losing streak they've been on. Uh, Orlando yeah. hosts Seattle Rain in another, you know, it's that's a, a two, question. yeah, it's a two-three matchup. Sky Blue hosts the Portland Thorns, trying to see. I mean, and that game is going to be U.S. Soccer has basically said they're going to take all the players on for Saturday, so yep. none of the Thorns players will be available. Neither we can imagine McCaskill or Collie Lloyd for Sky Blue. Right. Um, so Sky Blue is going to try and get their first win of the year versus yep. Portland. Washington Spirit host Houston Dash, um, which I think for Houston is vitally important, right? Is like you yes. have to win all of those games below you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll go into the next week for the break where Chicago Red Stars will host Sky Blue in the only game in that week coming up. So, uh, you know, there's there's some movement and we'll we'll be back next week and we'll take our international break with the internationals uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. But we will see how this all pans out, folks. So <laughs> buckle up and stay tuned. <laughs> all right. This has been the NWSL Rewind. Have an opinion on the games? Let us hear it on Twitter using hashtag NWSL Rewind. And check us out at ModernSoccerCoach.com.